Hey guys, be sure to stick around until the end of the episode for a few important announcements regarding the Would You Die podcast. All great news that I am excited to share. I'm also excited to share this ad read for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. Fangoria has been delivering quality magazines since 1979. Each collectible issue features exclusive articles about your favorite monsters as well as up-and-coming terrors. Be sure to check out the Fangoria store website for subscriptions and a bunch of cool merch. And while you're there, use promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. That's right, 20% off your entire order. That is promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW. Applies to subscription and one-time orders. Applies to the first subscription order only. Now, it's time to talk about the boy from below. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I am joined by not one, not two, but three incredible guests to talk about their upcoming horror film, The Boy From Below. First, we have an award-winning filmmaker known for films like The Wicked One and Phantom Fun World. He is a writer, he's a director, and a producer, as well as the founder of Jonestown Films. His passion for storytelling is contagious, and seeing him thrive in the independent horror world is inspiring. Our first guest is the writer and director of The Boy From Below, Tori Jones. Is this a video thing, or is this just a sound thing? <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, Actually, actually, <laughs> I don't want to be waving thing, and it's like a. <laughs> it is a, it is normally a sound thing, but everyone has pretty good video, so we could decide that later. But right, yeah, normally well, audio. <laughs> well, well, thank you for having me on. I'm excited, and this is actually the first time that us three have did anything promotion wise together for the boy from below. So it's pretty cool. I am so excited. Uh, our second guest. We have an incredible talent whose love for the horror genre and insane work ethic inspires me. They are the founder of Final Ghoul Films, and you can see them in a multitude of horror features, such as Phantom Fun World, Wolf Hollow, and The Demons Within. As well, shameless plug, my upcoming short film, Spider, we have one of the leads from The Boy From Below, Spooky Madison. Hello. Yes, I'm so happy you're finally on my show which is funny because we've worked together first and you haven't been on my show yet. But when we first met, it was for you to be on my show. <laughs> yes. We did it a little backwards, but that's okay because you're here now and I'm super excited. And last but not least, our third guest, we have someone who literally does it all. She acts, she sings, she streams horror video games. She's a co-host of the podcast, It's All Geek to Me, and the co-founder of Late Bloomer Productions. You might know her best as the Clown Cafe hostess from Terrifier 2. And loyal listeners of the Would You Die podcast will remember her first appearance on this show where we talked about Jennifer's body. We have the other lead from The Boy From Below, Leah Voicey. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. I am, I can't, it's funny because this is a podcast and words is like my job, but I, words are hard to come by by how excited I am that this is happening. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me three. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the boy from below. I'm going to pass it off to Tori first. What is kind of like the inception of this film? So the inception of this film, um, really the film that sort of gave me my start was a little film called The Wicked One, which was made for like under $10,000. And that film sort of uh, took on a life of its own, really. We didn't expect any of the stuff that happened with it to happen. I mean, it made for ten grand, But to this day, that film continues to be my highest grossing film that I've ever released. It's made more money than all my other work afterwards, which is insane. And uh, so I always knew that I wanted to come back and re reintroduce this character in an original storyline. If you watch The Wicked One, I mean, it's basically Halloween with another killer, <laughs> which it was meant to be like sort of a tribute to that. But it, I mean, 
it's Halloween. So, so <laughs> this is not Halloween and this is more original and goes in a lot of different directions. And I think is going to bring a breath of fresh air to genre fans uh, in more than one way. Yeah, always knew I wanted to get back to this moment and reintroduce this character and do it bigger and better. And that's what we're getting ready to do. That's awesome. Uh, Spooky, how did you get involved with this? Um, Tori told me that if I wasn't involved, I would be murdered. And (laughs) I obviously had to not turn that down. Um, No, I'm just kidding. I worked with Tori in Phantom Fun World. And turns out we don't hate each other afterwards. (laughs) And I um, decided to audition for his movie that was originally called Scream for Summer. And he liked my audition. And then when Scream for Summer kind of transitioned into Boy From Below, I kind of followed that transition as well. And uh, here I am. I play Quinn, Quinn, uh, Curtis, Quinn Curtis. That's awesome. And uh, how about you, Leah? How did your involvement with the Boy From Below start? So actually, it was Spooky that got me involved with this film. Um, Knowing my work from Late Bloomer Pictures and Terrifier 2, Spooky gave my name to Tori, and then Tori reached out to me, and I am now playing Max. Originally, he reached out to me for a different character, but then the script got rewritten, and in those rewrites, I got a different part, and I'm, I'm stoked. You know, the first time I read the script, I fell in love with the character, so I'm very happy to be playing Max. I'm so excited. It's funny, though, because this film has yet to be shot at the time of this recording and of the episode's release. You guys are still um, you still have your Indiegogo campaign Mm -hmm. going, which seems really it seems like it's doing well. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing great, actually. And uh, as of today, we have two new investors who just joined the team, which is always exciting. And I have a phone call with a third after this is over tonight. So uh, we are for sure going to be shooting. We're not going to be pushing anything back. So we are for sure going to camera in two and a half months. That's where we're at right now as far as production goes. And because on the Indiegogo, we hit 80K by the end of last weekend, Dylan, who's in our film as well, is going to get a bikini wax. And that's the most exciting (laughs) part about this whole thing. He promises that if we hit 80K, I will get a bikini wax. He said he scheduled the appointment. So good luck to him. (laughs) He showed me the appointment card and the woman was very confused. Um, And so he basically, because I have to go with him. I'm going with him on Sunday to film it. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. But she was like, you're getting a bikini wax? And he said, yeah. And she said, you have a penis? And she said, or he said, he said, yeah. And so on his receipt, it says bikini wax with penis. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Oh man, I yeah. can't wait. <laughs> Are they going to let him record it? Yeah, I'm going in there to film it. Film is facial reactions i think that's what we want yeah that, <laughs> i'm not gonna look at his penis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh oh man i don't think you'd be able to share that video on too many uh social media sites if you did no, only fans <laughs> yeah. yeah make sure the volume is up though because we want to hear the the noise yeah, the ripping. The scream. The yeah. Rip. It's going to be a very 40-year-old yeah. version. I can't. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to talk about, about your characters, uh, Spooky and Leah, which earlier, I think this week, I'll be honest, time is like an enigma that I'll never truly understand. So it could have been a while That's... ago. It could have been yesterday. I don't remember. But you guys had a video on Leah's YouTube channel. And you guys- yes, that was Monday. About... Yeah. Monday. Okay, cool. I was right. It was this week. Yeah, I'm proud it was. Of myself. <laughs> this film is highlighting a uh, queer relationship. I think that's really cool because that's not something we see in a lot of, I was going to say indie horror movies, but honestly, just not a lot of movies. Yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely something that is getting better, but it can yeah. always be 
even better than that. So um, I like that we're getting this opportunity to tell that kind of story and that Tori has really given both of us a lot of creative control on how to tell that story, uh, which I think is an incredible show of allyship. And I think that fans are really going to appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's going to tell a story in a way that a lot of people haven't been able to experience before, which I think will be nice. So I actually think that when it comes to queer relationships or just queer storylines in general, you get a lot of coming out stories. And this one is not a coming out story. It's just a is story, which is unique in its own right. And I'm really excited because this will be my second LGBTQ role ever in my entire life. And I'm honored that it's Tori's because Tori and I have become great friends and he's definitely a safe space, you know, to explore that storyline with. So yeah, I think it's going to be a great adventure. I think that's awesome. And I'm very, I'm very excited for that. Tori, for people who maybe have not really, who haven't seen the Wicked One yet, because you mentioned that this is kind of like a reboot of the character, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you kind of explain for those who might not be familiar with that character, like what's his deal? <laughs> so with this film, we're playing with a lot of different themes. One of the themes, obviously, uh, that they just talked about is the relationship between the two leads. Another th- thing that we're sort of doing throughout this film is we're sort of given commentary on horror and everyone has different all these different characters have all these different opinions about horror movies uh in general but the the boy from below you know formerly the wicked one he also has an obsession with horror movies and i don't want to give away the why because that would spoil the movie but uh he he certainly has an obsession with it and it it's it's almost a fate thing that he stumbles upon these two lovely actresses as he does in the in the story and then uh begins to pursue them if i could sum him up he is a seven foot tall unstoppable force he does have a personality he's not a blank slate he's not you know just frankenstein walking throughout this movie now he's not really like art the clown sadistic and like he's not pouring salt on wounds or anything like that he does there (laughs) is some there is some stuff he does that you know is is like really uh like hardcore but there's no like he doesn't have time or probably the patience to sit around and you know like torture someone for hours like he's more of like a hit it and quit it kind of guy in the sense that he's gonna kill you and keep going uh because the only thing that he is concerned with uh, in this film is getting to one of these characters and whichever one that is, you'll have to see the movie to uh, find knows? out. Right. Right. <laughs> well, we know, but you know, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, and I think too, like with horror in general, usually people can, they project whatever that may be, whatever the the issue is onto their villain. So I think in a lot of ways, he represents a lot of different things in this movie. And, you know, whether these two overcome him or not remains to be seen. But there will be a face-off between those three characters uh, in the finale of the film. I'm excited to see that. That's going to be awesome, especially because I know, Spooky, you're kind of a badass. So I'm going to, it's going to be really exciting to see you in that kind of battle scene. And Leah, actually, you are too, from what I know, because I think both of you are really athletic. Yeah. We already talked Mm -hmm. about going to the gym while we're shooting. We're like, we hope there's a gym (laughs) nearby. (laughs) We both expressed that. So yeah, we're, uh, I think that'll be... I've never done any sort of like battle scene in a horror. I mean, the only horror movie I was in was Terrifier. And um, I took my death in stride. I was like, give it to me. Like I was smiling (laughs) through it. So like, actually it's right behind me. Um, But uh, yeah, I was like smiling through it. So I didn't get to do any like cool, like combat stuff with it. So with this, it'll, that'll be fun to like, actually, you know, be, try to be involved in the killer's takedown. That wasn't really you on fire, was it? No, I had a, I had a stunt double. Okay. Jenna Helmuth was her name. I was always, I was going to ask you that. I was like, I wonder if that was really her, if she did her own No, you need, you need like special training for that. And oh, I mean, that day was crazy. There was like the fire department and everything was there. No, but no, it was not me on fire. I just got to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spooky, what is your relationship with stunts and doing horror movies? I do all of my own stunts. And usually, uh, just in my last film that I did uh, called Fiber Burn, I was 
brought on not, not only to be, as like not to be actor, confused with Saltburn, by the way. <laughs> not to be confused with Saltburn. Yeah, no, no. Actually, I think Fiberburn might be gayer than Saltburn, but um, <laughs> I did all my own stunts in Fiberburn. But then they also brought me in for other scenes as a stunt coordinator. Uh, I was trained in karate. So I kind of know how to do things and uh, they let me help other actors kind of choreograph fights. And that was really, really fun. So I'm excited to do that in this film, not choreograph the fights, but, you know, hit something. (laughs) That's going to be that's going to be such a fun battle to watch. I'm really I'm really excited for that. People who are following the film probably know this already, but you have a lot of in addition to you Leah and Spooky, you guys have a lot of horror icons joining you in this cast. Yes. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty nervous about it, honestly. No, it's going to well, be great. There's D Wallace, there's Felissa Rose, there's Richie Ramone, there's Tommy Lee Wallace I'm going off the top of my head, so I'm sure there's no. That's them all. A few yeah, more. Okay. I think that was. I think you got everybody. Me. Mm, Cheney. Yes. 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 Oh, Cheney. I was so close. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a packed, a packed house. If you could see my house right now, boxes continue to arrive every day of VHSs, and oh, wow. I'm going to have a healthy VHS collection after this is done. But I mean. Oh, you can't even see it. Never mind. <laughs> I hold up nothing. Up. Yeah, I'm like. Put it in front of your chest. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. there it is. E.T. Ooh. I e. definitely owned that VHS growing up, and I that watched so much. Hey. Oh, <laughs> nice. Halloween. I mean, there is a producer on this film named Lindsay, and she just continues to send me VHSs. So my house is there's just boxes piled to the ceiling right now of VHSs. But I mean, I'm very excited for this film. This is like, I feel like this is the one uh, in a lot of different ways. For me, I think this is probably the biggest thing I've ever done. And with this team, I watched Terrifier 2. And I have some friends that worked on that film. I loved that movie. I thought that that movie was one of the best movies that came out the year that it was released. Really dug the film. Thought it was light years better than the first. And when spooky Spencer Madison over here actually reached out to me about Leah, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. And then it just sort of continued to evolve and morph into what it became. And I really think that these two are going to have tremendous... I mean, if you watch the interview, you already saw it. Uh, They have tremendous chemistry already. And I feel like their performances are going to feel authentic to the the story we're telling. So that is going to be the most exciting thing is getting to work with all these different people, uh, celebrities and all, but also, you know, just our core cast because we have a lot of talented people on this film from behind the camera to in front of the camera. Everybody is just super talented and super. It seems like everyone is super pumped, too, and everybody is really uh, championing the project right now. So if you get people to care that much about your project uh, before it's ever started, that's usually a good sign. Cause I've had instances <laughs> where people didn't care, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to have people involved that really care about this project just continues to make it better. And I am super stoked to get on set in however many weeks it is. Yeah. I second that. I, and I would say like, I haven't met everybody in the cast yet, but between like Spooky and Dylan, who's playing Big Dan and Kamara, who's playing Becca, I talk to them like almost every day. (laughs) We're like constantly messaging or texting. And so like, we're all getting to know each other already, even though like we haven't gotten to set yet. And I think that having that rapport ahead of time is going to really help and yeah, create just like this family environment, which is what, you know, Terrifier felt like. And Terrifier is such a good example as like, you know, the little indie film that could and had such like a huge return on what they what they created. And it became this like monster of a film. And it shows that like it's a possibility to happen to other indie films as well. And I think that this film has the right material to kind of make that happen. But I'm just, you know, here to enjoy the process. You know, whatever happens, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm really excited for it just as a just as a fan of all you guys and as a fan of horror, especially independent horror. I'm definitely rooting for it. I have to ask because you showed us the VHS of it and I just have to geek out a little bit. E.T. is one of my favorite movies ever. 
I guess you could say I'm like a, St a Spielberg stand because you could see the Jaws poster right behind me. Jurassic Park's my favorite movie of all time. Actually, if I there's no, there's my Jurassic Park poster. <laughs> but yeah, E.T. is a huge movie for like and I'm sure a lot of people, but just kind of informing my tastes growing up and defining like what I like as a person. How did you all get in touch with D. Wallace? Actually, before I ever got in touch with D. Wallace, I was like, I would like D. Wallace. And I made that known to a friend of mine who's actually a producer on this film. And it's so funny. I was actually driving. It was a long trip and my phone kept ringing and it was this producer friend. And I was like, I'm not answering it. Like, I'm not answering. And and he he actually tricked me. He said that it was one of the, the people from Terrifier 2 that I know that wanted to speak to me. So I was like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, if they're at that convention he was at. So I call him and he was like, hey, here here they are. And he hands the phone and it's D. <laughs> and, and she goes, she goes, Tori, this is D. Wallace. Where the hell are you at? And I literally, my reaction was no way. Because I knew, I knew it was her. I mean, I, I've loved Dee since I was a kid. And all she could do was just laugh at me. She <laughs> laughed at me forever. And then uh, she was like, you know, Ken's telling me about the movie. And I hope everything works out. So that gave me a lot of hope. And I'm sure I vented to uh, Spooky about it as well. But when, when the time came, and it took a lot of work. I'm not going to sugarcoat and act like it didn't. It did take a lot of work to get... Uh, with her agent but once it was once she signed on I mean that was the first like okay wow like this is like I, I'm manifesting the things that I wanted uh, for this film and so far that's just continued to be you know I don't know what everybody believes but I'm a firm believer that fate sometimes can step in and I everything that I've wanted for this film I've it's manifested you know there was a time where I was like I don't think we're going to make this film because I don't know if we're going to get the money. But the exact number that I said I would like to have for this film, we are now only $15,000 away from. So, I mean, it just continues to do that. So now now that the money is there, it's like, okay, yeah. now we got a lot of work to do and we got two and a half months to do it. Uh, so everybody's like, it's all boots on the ground. Everyone's scrambled looking for locations. And I actually ordered, there's a freight truck on the way to my house right now with over a thousand pounds of retail shelves for the video store. Oh, damn. Yeah. So they're like, they're like, do you have a loading dock? And I was like, mm, no, they're like, well, you're going to need some people to help you unload this. You know, we'll set it out, but it's on like a, what are those things called? Pallet? Pallet. It's on like a, like a big, like palleted thing. And it's over a thousand pounds. So that that's on its way right now. So everyone is just doing everything. We've got location scouts like every day coming up and um, we actually are shooting all of the movies within the movie the first of March. So we got that coming up as well. So it's just crazy right now, but it's so cool that it's actually going to happen and it's that, and that it's going to happen with the people who are attached to the film, because I think we're going to have to try really hard to make a shitty film because I just feel like everyone we have involved is so good and so talented. I'm excited. I know I don't seem like I'm excited right now. It's because I'm, <laughs> By this time every night, I'm like, all right, well, that was a fun day. <laughs> but I but I literally am like, I'm so excited for this film. And uh, I'm so excited to to work with these two leads and to see what they bring to it. You know, I was when Spencer and I. I'm sorry, Spencer, I know that I should call you spooky, but it's just a habit. So when spooky uh, said you should make this a queer story, I thought about it and then I thought about all my favorite horror films and I just started looking at horror in general and I was like you know what this is not something you see a lot of and if you do see it it's not really done well but then I immediately was like can I do this and it seemed authentic because I'm the kind of person like I can't answer certain questions related to the LGBTQ community nor should I it's not my place to so I will be relying a lot on these two wonderful performers uh, to make sure that what's in the script comes across as real and doesn't seem forced. And if that means we change lines, great. If that means that uh, we change scenes around to make it work, great. Because it's trusting who I'm working with. And I'm huge on collaboration. I love collaboration. For me, 
uh, and I sort of learned this because when I was younger, I would watch all of Rob Zombie's like making of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Rob said one time he was like, the lines, the dialogue is never set in stone. He said it is in terms of like getting the point across. But if it doesn't feel normal, change it. Like say it, say it how you would say it, that it does feel normal. So that's sort of, I've always done that. I worked with Spooky on my last film and and I think she can vouch for that. Like we sat down and every time before we'd film a scene and we'd run through the scene and if something felt weird, we'd be like, ah, we need to change that. So I'm excited to do that with these guys and to to bring this film to life. That's going to be awesome. I got a fun question for all of you guys. I do want to add this. I do want to add this. Oh, sure, the, sure, fact, yeah. the, the, the fact that Leah and Spooky dug the script, I was like, I did something right. Uh, and not just me, but Jaron also. Jaron is an amazing a writer. He is so amazing. I couldn't I couldn't do it without him. Like at, at one point I had stayed up for four days and I was hallucinating, <clears throat> trying to figure, <laughs> figure something out. And uh, I finally texted Jaron and I was like, dude, I need you to step in right here because I'm seeing weird things <laughs> and he did and he just i mean he's just i can't say enough good things about him but the fact that they dug it i think made me feel good because i was super worried about that i was like mm. and then the pressure was like i know spooky personally but i had to send the script to leah and i was like if this feels fake to her she's probably not going to do the film so that was always in the back of my head too, but it all worked out. So I'm happy and I'm excited. Yeah, I really think you did right by the characters. And I will say that like, cause you originally emailed me and I think it was a couple weeks after is when you emailed me again and you said, actually, I'm going to hold off sending you the script because I'm rewriting mm-hmm. it to have a queer storyline. I want you to be one half of that couple. Like my, my red flags kind of went up in my head. I was like, I've been in situations before where, a straight male director will like want to add in queer storylines because it's like the trendy thing to do. So I went in like kind of apprehensive with it, which I think is like totally fair. But my experience this time has been so wildly different than those other experiences. And it is because like you are listening to us and you're never telling us what's what you're always defaulting to like what to our experiences like our Mm -hmm. lived experiences and I think that that's really important and so yeah I commend you for that absolutely like spooky I've said this to you but you're an icon for bringing this to Tori and then Tori you're incredible for listening to it and uh yeah making that choice I think is is awesome and I do think that the characters felt really authentic and yeah you did a you did a really great job for it and quelled all of the fears that I had kind of going into it. Once I read the script, I was fully sold. Well, I was trepidatious because it's not, I didn't know if I could do it and make it believable. But then at the same point in time, I was like, well, all my other films are this and we see a lot of this. So do I really want to do this again? So that's when I was like, well, you know, if, if you're trying to do something different and you're trying to make this its own thing, then you need to not do the things that you've done in the past. Yeah, um, that and I thought about I don't remember uh, spooky if you remember how long it was that I actually it took me to make the decision. I know it was at least a week because I did think about it for a while. And then I was like, let's do this. Like, I mean, honestly, I think that I had hinted at it. I, well, I had joked about it before because I didn't like the choices that you were giving me for a love interest. And then I was <laughs> like, well, we could just make her queer. And then you were like, ha ha, whatever. And then <laughs> it it actually <laughs> literally but then it was I followed Leah's production company and I was like oh my god duh so Mm. that's when I think it was after I like handed you like hard evidence was like listen this is gonna work out Mm -hmm. yeah and then it was not very long after that you were like okay yeah no this makes sense to me and ultimately the right decision I Um, agree yeah right decision and it's it just seems like everything just has lined up from that point with the film and continues to line up. So destiny, fate, whatever people want to believe, I believe that we are absolutely on track to do what we're supposed to do. I agree. That's so exciting. And I I think it's a testament to the power of collaboration too. Yeah. Because you can already tell it's such a team effort that everyone, well, all three of you, and I know it extends to everyone else, but you guys are so excited about this material. You guys are um, passionate about it. And it's coming through... It's coming through right now 
in this little podcast, I know it will come through in the actual film. So I'm very, I'm very excited for that. So are we. (laughs) (laughs) I got a, I got a fun little question for each of you. I'm assuming a big chunk of this film takes place in a video store. I know that all of us here talking at this moment that the people are listening to, we grew up with VHSs around and going to video stores. What are your guys's like when you go into your mind's eyes and you reminisce about those trips? Do you remember what video like VHS covers? Because I have a few that like gave me nightmares or they piqued my interest, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, whoever man. wants to go first, I'll I'll throw the I'll throw the ball up. Uh, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Um I I was never scared of horror movies, but I was always really confused as to why Little Monsters was in the comedy section because that movie disturbed me. I was so creeped out by that whole concept, but I was obsessed with it. I think every time I went to Blockbuster, I got Little Monsters, but I hated that it was in the comedy section. It it, it bothered me. I need to look up what Little Monsters is for a second. It has Fred Savage and Howie Mandel in it, and it's about I have I have a copy little... for the for the store. <laughs> oh, oh my no, god, this that's is in the movie amazing of. Yeah. No, <laughs> I have like a very vivid memory. Like, well, like the blockbuster that I would go to as a kid, I can visualize it. Like, I see it in my eye. I, I've been in it so many times. But I remember one time when I was super young, and I used to be. I was really scared of horror movies. Really, really scared of them. Uh, I'm not really sure what changed it, but I remember going into the video store and there was a new Chucky movie that was coming out. And so they had a Chucky cutout and my friend and I, we were with her dad and he was going in to get a movie and we wouldn't go in the store because we were so scared that Chucky was there. And I remember we would like, we were outside and she'd be like, okay, I'm going in, I'm going in. And then she'd come running out. She's like, I can't do it. I'd be like, I'll run in. I got it. I'm, I'm going in. And then I'd run in and I'd see the Chucky. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. And I'd like run back out. That's so funny. I remember. So for me, like that's where I spent most of my time was the video stores. And this was like pre, like pre blockbuster. The nearest blockbuster was kind of far away. Uh, So it was the mom and pop video stores. And I always, I could like, like Leah said, I can still smell them. I can see them. The ones I went to always smelled like popcorn, cigarettes, and mm-hmm. tanning lotion. <laughs> there was tanning beds in the back for some reason. It's like, hey, come rent a movie. And while you're here, go tan. I was about to say, you lost me with the tanning beds. The popcorn yeah. and the cigarettes. I'm like, yes. I'm like, tanning beds? Yeah, it was crazy. I'd be like, okay, well, you know, so that was, that was uh, always the thing. And it's funny because my aunt would go, she would go to the lady of the tanning bed and I would go with her. But as far as like the artwork, there was so many. I can remember like seeing Candyman and seeing uh, Night of the Demons 2. That was one I can mm-hmm. remember vividly. I can remember that one. I can remember, I think it was Sleepaway Camp 2, the one with Felissa. And she had all the, she had like the Freddy glove and, and the Jason mask and all that in the backpack. I can remember that one. So all of that, just, I was just enamored with it. And then for whatever reason, my dad decided when I was five that he would take me to the theaters to see Tales from the Crypt Demon Night, which <laughs> didn't end well. But my dad sort of cultivated my love for horror. Like Cujo was one of the first movies he showed me. And uh, I was hooked. I was hooked because I was scared and the way it made me feel. And it gave me that address. It's the same reason people ride roller coasters. And, you know, it's the thrill. It's going on the ride with the film. I'm not an exploitative filmmaker. I believe if something's in your film, there should be a reason for it. That's just me. I'm not not. I mean, I do watch other stuff that's not. So I literally grew up watching old school 80s horror movies, pretty much. Halloween, the be all end all for me, which I, I feel like everyone says that now. But I can tell you. I loved Halloween. It never scared me, but I can tell you the movie that probably scared me the most as a kid, and that was Leprechaun. Mm. <laughs> scared the crap out of me. We had this conversation on Phantom Fun World, and I told them, I was like, there's three movies that really I have trauma from, and I don't know, like, I still dream about the Leprechaun. Like, my wife, like, she'll say I'll, like, wake up screaming, and I'm fighting the Leprechaun in the middle of the night, so... <laughs> 
so but but leprechaun is one and then jaws like i still can't get in the ocean because of jaws oh, for me it was the jaws ride I, i've actually never seen the movie but i went on the jaws ride at universal and i i see i can still see that freaking shark in the water and i was like screaming my head off so i feel you on that one <laughs> you never saw jaws no, because I was so young when we were when we went on that ride, and I was like, absolutely not. But all the time, that's um, that's Damien Leone, the director of Terrifier's favorite movie. So he always gets on me that I've never seen it. <laughs> and then Jeepers Creepers, for whatever reason, just Ooh. stuck with me. Well, that's uh, a creepy movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first one for sure, very creepy. But yeah, I just loved horror. I love all the different stages that horror has went through and the transformations, and now everyone's sort of into a twenty four, and some of it I like. You know, I really liked Midsummer, and I really liked The Witch. I thought The Witch was great. So, yeah, I just love, I love movies in general. Like, I, I yeah. went and watched Little Mermaid with my kids, you know. I was like, <laughs> this is great. So, I just mm -hmm. love movies. To me, that has always been my favorite thing. And even as a kid, like, I had a camcorder. I was making backyard movies all the time. We were swinging off, like, grapevines and, and like, thinking we were action stars. So, it's it's <laughs> always been the thing. Now, I just get to do it on a bigger level with awesome, talented people. And if if you would have told 12-year-old um, me that I would be working with people like Dee Wallace or Tommy Lee Wallace or Richie Ramone, I'd be like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's not happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> and, I mean, Leah's in one of the, arguably one of the biggest horror success stories you know, of the last, God, it's even, it's even longer than a decade. I would say that yeah. Terrifier is probably like quarter of a century, one of the biggest horror films in terms of establishing a new character. How many people try like, yeah, like to try and that, and me too, like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to do is establish a character and nothing against all the old guys. I still love them. I'll see them in space. I'll see them wherever. <laughs> yeah. But, but we need new characters to root for we need a new Laurie Strode. We need a new, we need a new villain. And what does that look like in 2024? It's yeah. not going to look the same as it did in the seventies. Right. So I think that the potential with that in this film is there. That is some of those tropes there. Yes, but they're not exactly the same. And everything is updated to the time we live in, even though it takes place in the nineties, which makes no sense, but which yeah, is the best so decade. So yeah. it is the best. decade. <laughs> well, I got it. I got a little theory about that. Because the 90s, I'm, I'm dating us, I'm sorry. The 90s was 30 years ago. Like that Jurassic Park poster behind me says 30th anniversary. I feel like every 30 years, there's this cycle. And you can really see it in the 80s. But there's a cycle of nostalgia for what was essentially 30 years ago. Right now, we're hitting this 90s nostalgia. But the past decade, I think we were really into the 80s. And you see stuff like stranger things and it and those are mm. mo very modern movies and tv shows but there there's a love for the 80s the 2000s we see remakes of texas chainsaw massacre and halloween and uh black christmas and i think uh there's like this big love for the 70s in the 2000s 90s it's the 60s the 80s loves the 50s i mean back to the future there's remakes of the fly the thing uh from another world had a big remake uh the blob had a remake in the 80s invasion of the body well that's 78 but that's basically the 80s <laughs> but i guess i'm trying to say but like like back to the future has this infatuation with the 50s and but that's a very modern 80s movie all that all that to say by putting your film in the 90s you're saying something really modern, but there's, I don't know, that kind of nostalgia to it as well. Yeah. And, and I'm excited about that because what we were talking about earlier with the video store, like for me, yeah. if I could bring back one thing from the past, it would be the way it was then, because I can remember rushing to the video store, calling, aggravating them all the time. Has this come in yet? This is supposed to be out today. And it was always horror movies. And being able to go and look for movies and spend time there and rent. Whereas now it's just like, I can, I can access anything, which I guess in some ways is cool, but I just miss that. So if I could bring that back, if I'm going to make a movie, what would be cool to do? So there's a lot in this film that's from my childhood. That's just in there. 
Uh, and I, I wanted this film to be very personal for me. And it is in a lot of ways. It's a very personal film. I'm the kind of person that's just like, let's just do it. Whereas my producers, we, we were having a meeting, was it last night? I can't remember, but we were talking about the 90s thing. So that was a great idea on paper. <laughs> but now we have to find vehicles. The mm. wardrobe department has to, I mean, everything has to feel real to the time. Yeah. You know, the, the main reason I did it besides growing up there is because we don't have any of this. Like I can, <laughs> now if a killer come in my house, I could just, you know, Siri call 911. And I'm, you know, I'm good. But back then you didn't have that option. Yeah. Right. So everything was much more pure, if that makes sense. It was much more pure back then. The horror was much more tangible. Whereas now, you know, with with technology, I mean, if you can't survive a horror film now, then your phone <laughs> died. Yeah, your phone died, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the phone's not the only thing dying, if that's the case. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sure as you guys do more of the more press for this film, you're probably going to be asked this question a lot. So I'm going to ask it first. So everyone's following my trend and mm -hmm. I'll I'll go around. What is your favorite 90s horror movie? Or the one that comes to mind. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard question. I mean, I don't know when things came out. I don't know the year that things came out. So I don't know, man. <laughs> That's fair. I have no idea. I don't scream. Um, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say 1995. 1995 scream. Yeah. I mean, I only a... saw scream this year for the first time. Did you like it? I did. I actually did like it. Spooky. We can't work with her. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm real. I'm not going to pretend like I've seen every horror movie out there. I will say I am a horror fan, but I don't know when things came out. I'm, it talks to me about the Lord of the Rings, you know, that's a different situation, but <laughs> I'm a fantasy gal. <laughs> I think Scream's a very acceptable answer. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm literally wearing a ghost face shirt right now. So I'm a you fan. You have a mask behind well. you. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I forgot I think you about like that. Scream. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I surprise myself. No. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you every horror movie that came out in the 90s because they're all, you know, stacked in my house right now. So <laughs> if you start naming someone, yes, will probably come come to mind. But I mean, well, I, like I said, Leprechaun came out in the 90s. Yeah. That was. I never saw that. You need to watch that, but you'll never be the same if you do. <laughs> oh my I'm god, gonna... oh, Jennifer Aniston is so hot in that movie. Oh, Jennifer Aniston's in it? Sold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like her. It was her first movie, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. I'm going to shout out Candyman because that's a 90s uh, horror movie and I love mm -hmm. Candyman. You know, that I actually movie. almost watched that last night and then I didn't. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Signs of the Lambs came out in Misery. It's got to be oh. Misery. Oh, yeah. Both of those. I'm, I looked it up online. I'm like, 90s horror movies. It, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Um, more of his books than um, the movie adaptations. Um, so, sure. yeah, anything from Stephen King, I love. But, yeah, Misery is one of my favorite king adaptations for sure james Kahn, kathy bates oh. ah. but if you but oh, i mean the book is better i will say the book is i've never had like a visceral reaction to a book like i did misery and they just they did some things different in the movie but i still thought it was an incredible adaptation uh, I, i'll have to read that you gotta it's so good i think stephen king is just timeless oh yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't matter what he writes it it applies to the time you're living well, even his book, The Stand, he's re-released it twice. And each time he re-releases it, he updates it to the time period he's releasing it in. So I can't remember when he originally released it, but I, I know the most recent release of it was the 90s. And they updated it to like be in the 90s, which I thought was really cool. So yeah, it shows that he's timeless because he's just like, oh, we'll just change the, the time period and it still works. <laughs> yeah. I, lo I loved, um, if I could get the, well, obviously... We talked about Cujo earlier. If I could get the mm. rights to any film to do, it would be Cujo. Yeah. Oh, that would be such a such an incredible film. I'll that would be an somewhere. insane challenge too. Right. And I would not do CGI dogs, by the way. Good. I would not. Yeah. Good. No. Real dogs. Real dogs. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what they did. I mean, they used everything though. Puppets, 
a guy in a suit mm. at one point, which <laughs> I've seen the behind the scenes picture of the guy in the suit, but I can't tell which shot it is in the movie. So I think they pulled it off really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be, and I think that's a film that, or a concept at least, that I think you could adapt it in today's age really well. I think mm. there's oh, a yeah. adaptation for that, for the now. I'm excited for the, uh, the Salem's Lot movie that they made with Pullman's son, Bill Pullman's son. What's his name? Oh, Lewis? Is it Lewis know. Pullman? Yeah, that's another book that really could be any decade. It's just about mm. a town, you know, right. like you could just the update so much about it and you could literally happen. I mean, yeah, it's a vampire story. It could happen anytime. I read that mm. this year. Nice. Yeah. I'm surprised I don't have any Stephen King books back here. I have so many. <laughs> I don't know why there's none behind me, but... <laughs> <laughs> I could I could talk about Stephen King forever, but I don't want to keep you guys here, so I'll I'll move on very reluctantly. Uh, <laughs> I do want to ask, and I think Tori, you've touched on this a bit, but I want to go around because I think it's really important to not just this show, but to a lot of people who listen to it. And like you mentioned earlier, that your film analyzes like the one of the themes is like what is horror and we talked like why do we love horror it's like a roller coaster and mm -hmm. stuff like that but for each of you guys what is like your personal relationship with horror what does it mean to you when you want to start <laughs> well i think it's the perfect date movie for sure <laughs> i feel like that's had to have been what got me into horror was like it's just like the perfect thing to watch if you're like on a date like um uh, i looked this up so much and I don't really have like a good answer. I feel like Tori, you had, you said something good about it, about it's like the adrenaline, but I'm like, what is it that makes people like horror movies? And I'm always so stumped by it, even though like I myself do love horror movies, though, I, as I said, it's not my favorite genre, that would be fantasy, but you know, I'm always so drawn towards watching them and it's, yeah, I really think it is that adrenaline aspect of it. And then also like the concept of your podcast, like watching a movie and being like, would I live? Would I die if I was in that movie? I think is really fun to theorize. Yeah, I think it's it's the perfect movie to like, it's the perfect genre to sort of like bring people together and start a lot of conversations. And I think it's a genre where you can you can tie genres together. Like horror goes so well with comedy and, you know, things like that. And then you have psychological horror and body horror. There's like so many different subgenres of it. And I think it's super versatile. And obviously the fans are the freaking best for oh, yeah. horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that for me, when I was younger, I had a lot of trouble connecting with like other humans for some reason. And well, <laughs> anyway, um, and I, I just like couldn't understand decisions that people were making. And when I, when I saw Scream, I, I think Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street was the first horror movie that I've ever watched. And it was the decisions that they were making and the relationships between these characters and like how trauma or bad situations can either like make or break a relationship not just a, a romantic relationship, but a friendship or between a mother and a daughter. And I don't know, it, it helped me, I think, compartmentalize emotions, honestly. It helped me like know when you're scared, you scream or you cry or you go to your mom, you know? And I think that it was really helpful for me as a child. And I, I was never really super scared from horror, but there was one scene and scream where it was Rose McGowan and oh, she's in the garage okay. and she's crawling through the garage door, the cat door and the garage door goes up and it just like crushes her body, but her body, the practical effects was made of like rubber or something. So she was like all like floppy and limp. And it was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and honestly, that's, I think that was such a pivotal moment for me. And, and horror but I think that's why I loved it so much was like all of the emotions that it taught me how to emote but also all the emotions that I was able to feel like when I was watching it so that's a great answer and I think that question is something that we ask in this film and everyone has a different answer like throughout the film mm -hmm. as all of this stuff is going on and you have the the love issues and the relationship issues and you have the the 
killer and you have all this other stuff the whole way through we're still just talking about movies like her character um spooky's character quinn like in her eyes horror has something to say it's best and in her grandmother's eyes played by d people need to shut up meet their popcorn (laughs) so and then big dan he's represents that part of the audience that's like boobs yeah you know he's that guy (laughs) and everybody else is just kind of like this guy and you know so every character has a different outlook on horror movies the character of heather played by raleigh she's like she's not even kind of into it i feel like i'm a bit snobby too i'm a little bit of a like a purist my character yeah yeah yeah. not me max yeah (laughs) (laughs) max is like a little snobby when it comes to horror where it's kind of like her her way of thinking is like you know Mm -hmm. she she fights with dan a lot of like what what's the best uh you know the best horror films and stuff like that right and and you know there's a difference because there's a scene in the film where they're picking out movies to watch for their their movie marathon and big dan pulls out one called don't f in space and then everybody else is like, I'm, we're not watching that. <laughs> so when they do watch it, because they do watch it, there's this commentary going on. And Max, I, I think she even goes outside to like smoke. Yeah, I'm like done with it. I'm like, this movie sucks. <laughs> so she goes outside to smoke and like, it's just stuff like that. And honestly, so we're asking that question throughout the mm. whole thing. And I think for me, horror, and I've, I've had people like think that I'm a psycho or whatever, because I love horror movies. And, you know, for me, horror was that escape growing up from whatever crappy stuff was going on in my life. I could sit down in front of a horror movie and it was cathartic in some ways. And then, you know, I feel like horror is the genre that literally you can talk about anything. You can touch on any issue. And I did a I did a, a panel actually at Horror Hound in Indianapolis when we had our world premiere and it was social commentary and film like in horror. And this was before... This was before that we had decided to even do the whole LGBTQ storyline in this in this film. And I remember saying then I was like, you know, horror is that one genre where you can literally touch on any social issue or any any kind of issue. Like this is not a political movie by any means. We're not commenting on the chaos of politics. We're just (laughs) basically saying like, you know, this is a human story. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a this is not a a boy girl human story this is a girl girl human story and if you check out on that then it ain't for you but there's a Mm -hmm. whole lot of people who probably want to see more of that and probably need to hear more of that to help them number one with their identity number two uh, overcome the things that maybe Quinn's overcoming in this and I think through these two characters what you will see in the film is I suspect if it's done correctly and we do it right that there's going to be a whole lot of people who love Max and Quinn and they're going to be the new, I don't want to say final girls, but they're going to be the new like it couple that people are going to be like, ah, I want to see more of them. And then they give us lots of money. We make a sequel. So (laughs) bring the band back together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or the, you know, the ones that survive at least. Yeah. Um, It is. It it is a horror movie. It is a slasher. So, (laughs) right. I'd have someone die. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, do you all agree with that? Do you all feel like that with these characters? Leah yeah, and, I, t- and- I fully agree with that. And like, I can say from doing the conventions this year, I've, I've mentioned this a few times, like to both of you, but getting to go to these conventions all year, the one that really, really sticks out to me. And I think about all the time and it wasn't just me. It was, um, uh, Jenna Cannell and Catherine Corcoran from Terrifier One, the three of us did a panel at the Silver Screen Con in Silver Scream Con in Danvers, Massachusetts. And we didn't talk about Terrifier because it was during the strike. So the moderator was like really um, respectful of that and just kind of wanted to ask us general questions of our about our careers and see where the conversation led. And the whole panel turned out to be about queer representation. And we all three of us said that for the rest of the weekend, we had never, and all the panels that we've done all year and the two of them who have done way more than me um, through the years that they've been, you know, in genre films, we had never had so many people come up to us and thank us for the panel that we did. And, you know, say that like what we said spoke to them and not just, um, LGBT people, but um, hetero people as well that were saying that like they got a lot of insight 
from what we were talking about. And that's my mission at Late Bloomer Pictures is, you know, we want to tell queer stories outside of coming out stories. And yeah, that panel really showed me that not only is the audience there, but like you can change people's lives with characters and with films and with storytelling. And there's going to be someone, a kid who watches this film and 20 years from now is going to say like, that was the moment I knew that was the character I connected with. And that changed my life and taught me something about myself. Like, I just know that that's going to happen. And I think that's really special. I am so excited for you guys. I'm so excited to see this film. And I just know deep down that I think this film is going to be really special to a lot of people who end up seeing it. And I'm I'm manifesting your guys' success for you. I'm sending you the the positive vibes that you guys have a great shoe and an even better release. And I'm just so excited. Cause uh Tori, you and I are just meeting for the first time right now. But Leah, we've been friends for a little bit. Spooky, mm -hmm. we've worked together. We're we're friends. And I know you guys work so hard. You guys put in the blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, I was going to say so to speak, but, you know, with horror, it is literal. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just think it's inspiring and wonderful. And uh, for everyone listening, you guys can help out still because the Indiegogo is still going on. Do one of you guys want to kind of just walk us through that a little bit? Well, I have one thing to say. I will sure. say that right now uh, the, the screen worn costumes are up for bid. And I will say mine has been bought already, but D Wallace <laughs> is still available. Melissa oh Rose is starts. still available. But I was like, wow, mine has been bought and there's hasn't. I felt that gave me a little chip on my shoulder. I will say uh, so that's all I have to say about the Indie Coco. <laughs> You know, I, what Leah said a minute ago kind of made me a little bit emotional. So, same uh, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that some, some kid could see this movie and, you know, it changed their life. Here's what I will say on my last film, it was a difficult shoot, difficult for a lot of reasons. But when I come out of that shoot, uh, one of the best things about that shoot was that I became super close to Spooky. And we just hit it off right away. Uh, I consider her one of my closest friends. You know, we bitch and complain about stuff to each other all the time. And like she said, it's a safe, it's a safe space. She knows sort of some of my stuff and I know some of her stuff. And for me, that is the best thing about all of this is, is forming those relationships. So you know, as close as I am to her, I hope to get close to Leah and I hope to get close to the other people that I'm working with, because I feel like we got a really great group of people who are all, they're all excited about the project and they're keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is the project. And it's not about uh, their IMDb credits or it's not about all the other stuff that some people make it. I mean, it's literally about the movie. Yeah. And uh, so I'm excited just to get through all the chaos right now that's going on with pre-production to get on set and just be able to be like, oh, we're here. We did it somehow, some way. We got the money. We're here. All of these awesome people are here. And now let's make a movie that changes people's lives, like Leah said. So hopefully yeah. that's what we're able to do. Hell yeah. Yeah. There is such a genuine group of people involved in the making of this movie that, like Tori said earlier, it's going to be really really hard to make a bad movie out of this yeah. it really is we have a phenomenal <laughs> script we have an amazing dp cody newton we have an amazing special effects artist cody how do you say his last name rutch rook rook like rook, rook but um rook. Yeah. okay yeah uh he worked on phantom fun world with us and he i'll tell you what the wounds that he put on me in phantom fun world did not come off. And I had to go to an eyelash appointment the day after <laughs> shooting and get a refill. And my lash technician was like, girl, <laughs> what have you been into? Um, it was, it, I was like, you don't want to know lots of things, but we have such a genuine group of people involved and there's not one of us that is in it for the wrong reasons. We all mm -hmm. just want to make good content. We want to make it with good people and this is going to be one of hopefully many movies that I'm personally involved in where 
that is what it is. It just, we want to make good stuff with good people. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited. Mm. And it's only what, two and a half months. It's going to fly by. It's going to fly by. It's Mm. literally going to be, it's going to be tomorrow. (laughs) We're going to wake up and it's going to be time. (laughs) I can't say enough how excited I am for it. I'm going to be not in an annoying way or maybe, I don't know, but I'll be messaging (laughs) you guys asking for updates. Like, have you guys started yet? How's it going? (laughs) Like, I'm so excited and I can't wait. I can't wait uh, to see what comes. And I know filmmaking is a long time, so I'm going to be patient. But at the same time, I'm really excited. And yeah, I think everyone listening, you guys should be excited too. So yeah, go check out our Indiegogo. I don't know why I stuttered. Go check out our (laughs) Indiegogo. There's a lot of cool perks, a lot of fun ways to get involved and help us bring it to life. And I contributed. So everyone listening, you do too. This is peer pressure. Peer yeah. pressure for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we love peer pressure. We actually, I do. Jeez. I do want to mention um, just there is a perk that is going away in two weeks. And that big perk is actually you can be in a scene with Leah, Felissa, Spencer, Spooky. Who else is in that scene? Felissa and another one who's not been announced yet. So mm-hmm. there's four in that scene. Uh, four horror stars in that scene uh, Cheney's in that scene as well so there's a lot of I guess that would be five um, <laughs> so yeah but that's going away in two weeks so if you want to be on set for a whole night with all these awesome people and watch them work and learn from them because that's the cool thing for me too is is learning from everyone I work with grab that perk because it's going away in two weeks so it's the last two weeks of that perk you guys heard it here now's the time so it's going to rock. Uh, pun intended, you guys are going to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people follow updates for the boy from below and you guys individually as well? I'm on Instagram, uh, the goodbye ghoul, kind of a play on the goodbye girl. And look up my IMDb, Spooky Madison, to stay you know up to date on that. Um, the boy from below has, you know, indiegogo.com slash boy underscore the underscore whatever below <laughs> boy whatever. the I don't below from that's it boy the below movie <laughs> yeah and I'm at Leah Voicey on Instagram and YouTube I post two YouTube videos a week and a lot of them are horror related so if you like horror content follow me on YouTube and you can find me on OnlyFans at Ooh, nice Small. no I'm just kidding um, Who knew? <laughs> uh, no I'm just kidding um I'm on Instagram. I pretty much only use Facebook to talk about uh, film stuff, but I'm on Facebook and Instagram at official Tori Jones. And then the boy from below has a Facebook page, Instagram, no underscores spooky. And uh, what else do we Also know the, it's at boy from below. Yeah, no the. <laughs> and then, boy uh, from below bfb <laughs> and then we're on threads whatever that is i think there's a threads and um and there's a group which we're if you join the group we post like that's like first come you get to see everything first like if you're part of that group you get yeah. first behind the scenes looks to everything that we'll be doing videos from set with celebrities and all these cool cats that are in this film so that's pretty much it awesome This has been so much fun and yeah, I'm just sending the good vibes. I'm just sending all the positive energies because I'm so excited for this film and I'm really excited to see what you guys do with it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thank you for having us on. I'm I'm excited. And hopefully the next time we talk, we've made this movie. We can talk about how awesome it was to make. Yes. Well, I'll be crying. Oh yeah. It was was so hard. (laughs) You guys heard yeah. it here first. Uh, Boy from Below, Would You Die crossover round two uh, <laughs> when this film releases. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Tori, Spooky, and Leah for joining me today. I had a great time recording this, and I hope you guys had a great time listening. And don't forget to check out their Indiegogo campaign. It's still going. There's still time to support this film, and I'm As you can hear many times in the episode, I'm really excited about this. So go check it out, support if you can, and share if you can. 
a few announcements. This Friday, February 2nd, 2024, is the second anniversary of the Would You Die podcast. Hooray! Two years, over 100 episodes, and over 5,000 downloads later, this podcast is still going strong. Thank you to everyone who listens to this show, whether you've been with me this entire two years or you're just checking me out today. It's been such a fun adventure so far, and I'm excited to see where this show goes. Speaking of the future, the Patreon is back. That's right. If you really want to support this podcast, you can help me directly by subscribing to the Patreon. I completely retooled it, so it is only $3 a month, and you'll get exclusive content and live streams for patrons only. Also, coming soon is the Would You Die YouTube channel, which I'm developing a lot of fun stuff for, including a video version of this very episode. I didn't get it done in time for this release, but that video will launch when this channel does, either late February or early March. I'll keep you guys updated. If you like this show, please let me know. Leave a review and rate on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to this show. Also, feel free to interact with me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're most comfortable. It may not seem like a lot, but trust me, every single like, share, comment, and follow helps this podcast grow and helps me keep going. And feel free to let me know how I'm doing. What do you guys like about the show? What are some areas I can improve? Guests you'd like me to have on and monsters you want me to talk about? Let me know what you guys think. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WOULDYOUDIESHOW. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at WOULDYOUDIEPODCAST. Would You Die is a partner with the Three Wise Men Media, a Metro Detroit-based group of awesome guys Kyle, Tyler, and Dylan, where they bring you professional wrestling, indie comic books, and so much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week, we're talking about a popular video game slash film franchise that is completely new to me. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die. <laughs>